super baddie Darth Vader up to no good at all again in The Empire Strikes Back. David Prowse, how did a West Country boy get to be one of the nastiest men in the galaxy? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of Where the Toys Are. I'm Brent James, and I'm Where the Toys Are on Instagram, and... I'm Sam Super, I'm Grail Gangu on Instagram, and the Audio Tourists. We're doing a special episode, we call this the Accessory Pack episode of Where the Toys Are. Um, a beloved, amazing actor and uh, icon has passed away. Friend. Yes. Teacher. David Prowse, who was the body of Darth Vader. He was the menacing, hulking body of Darth Vader that filled our lives with menace and Rest wonder. Rest in power. Yeah. So let's talk about David Prowse. I mean, he was, uh, you know, the beauty about Star Wars is you have so many great British actors. And right. acting in general and theater in general in England is taken way more seriously in England than it is in America. It was so cool because as a kid, you know, watching things like Doctor Who on PBS and growing up with that. And then just that crossover that so many of these actors, you know. And, you know, even like going into like Empire Strikes Back and you see later on that, you know, I forget his name, but he ends up on... Abfab, you know, as as Eddie's husband and oh, one of the admirals. Yeah, no, yeah, one, driving a snowspeeder like Rogue Two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's so yeah. great. But no, it's just so funny. And then to just that class, that instant class that comes with that kind of thing. And David Prowse was every bit that as a gentleman, and it's just a uh, gosh, it's like a freak of nature, human being. He was so big, and it's interesting because when you see him standing next to the actor who played Chewbacca, Peter Mayhew, and you see him standing next to uh, Kenny Baker who played R two D two, it was like yes, it was like a so to speak, the freaks of Star Wars right. who actually brought the bodies to the most biggest characters on screen. Totally, totally. When you see when you look at those guys next to each other in real in you know in their real life, whatever, you actually see the characters. Yeah. You know, and Absolutely. that's 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 the a sign of a great, um, you know, actor that can take take that into, cross that over into. You're in a costume, yeah. You know, and that yeah. you're making that convey. So, and we've seen that that physical aspect cross over into like, uh, you know, see when you got into CGI and 3D acting with you know Lord of the Rings and things. You know, Andy Serkis is a perfect example of of that ability to translate your body into the virtual realm but these guys were doing it in suits exactly exactly I mean, anthony daniels you know you're you're basically watching a mime act with c-3po Abs- absolutely you know every little inch of every movie that c-3po appears in he owns so Abs- but everything talking he about owns. 3po today we're talking about dave prowse and- who played darth vader so let's go ahead and talk about his roots so uh this is from starwars.com which they posted so basically, from the moment Darth Vader silently walked on the screen in 1977's Darth, uh, Star Wars The New Hope, a towering figure clad in black, stalking slowly but with menacing purpose, it was clear that the world had a new icon of villainy. That was the power of David Prowse. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, he was, he was I mean, what are, your, what are your impressions on the first time you saw Darth Vader on the screen? The first time I saw Darth Vader on the screen, I was horrified. And at the same time, kind of just like, just... In, Enchanted. Absolutely yeah. enamored. Because leading up to that point, the bad guys in my life... I was seven when I saw Star Wars. The right. bad guys were um, the Star Trek bad guys, you know, Catwoman. You know, uh, there weren't a lot of, you know, horrific bad guys that you could compared to Darth, something like Darth Vader when you first see him and you're not expecting Is him. he a robot? Is he human? It, we don't know. What is it? I and thought he was a robot forever. Just just instantly, like, I want to walk like that. I'm going to make sure I can stride like that and just, you know. Um, and the same thing for when, and I still get chills when I think of the, when he pops through the, uh, 
the door, the cave in Hoth. Ho- oh, the Hoth cave, yes. Yeah, when he comes storming through with the snow troopers, and just how horrifying that would be if you were the cowering under a desk and you saw that, <laughs> you know, pop through there. The, the rebel just, soldiers doing oh, the paperwork just, to get out of Hoth. I, look at I've got chills right now just thinking about you it. You know, and so it was funny because uh, uh, we uh, talked about this previously. Rogue One is one of our favorite new Star Wars movies, uh, even more so than, than the, pre- the sequels. But his presence. Even it was an afterthought. You know, I don't care about what the politics are. Him popping out through that door to wipe out the rebels before trying to pursue the princess in Rogue One at the end of Rogue One. One of One. the most horrifying moments in cinema. It was exactly what we all wanted to see from Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've read the Darth Vader comic book, the new one from Marvel, and other comic books with him as a presence and presenting what Darth Vader was doing, uh, you know, pre and post um you know, uh, him becoming actually the Darth Vader transformation. Right. And it was never been conveyed on film like it was in Rogue One. Totally. And and the interesting thing about that is that, you know, this is what we want. And that's why right now as a Star Wars fan, we're in a great time where like I was um, I was putting together a, a Christmas tree with my partner Penny uh, just yesterday. And I have a, a, a Darth Vader ornament and a Stormtrooper ornament. But I was putting Darth Vader on the tree last night. And I had this feeling of like remembering, and it only happened. I put the Darth Vader ornament on, and I put the like BB-8 figure, uh, you know, ornament on. Yeah. And I was like, you know, they did such a good job about engineering the newer movies around Christmas time. Yeah. That was a brilliant marketing ploy because I think about The Force Awakens and I think about Christmas. Completely. I think about I think about Rogue One and I think about Christmas. Mm, Rogue One happened. Gave you something to look forward to, you know, for because Car- Carrie, well, oh, if I'm not mistaken, so Carrie good. died when Rogue One came out. Yeah, she died. Um, she, we were watching it and got the news when we came out when we turned our phones on. Pretty much, it was crazy. Yeah. Literally, that happened. I and was, we were like, oh, and all, holy shit!" And all the great actors and actresses that have you know contributed to to Star Wars. I mean, David Prowse was. Uh, interesting. His voice is, is is his the Darth Vader voice was done by James Earl Jones, who's a fantastic actor in his own right. Yeah. And it's interesting because David Prowse historically his voice was not very large. It was not as powerful as yeah. as James Earl Jones, and even James Earl Jones is not you know as big as David Prowse. But I mean, it's just it's kind of interesting how mm-hmm. you know these these suit actors, these you know stuntmen, these these people who do acting as you know the stunt doubles like for example in mandalorian you have a whole entire actor who's doing the actual parts of the mandalorian right. who is in the suit watch his face is hardly even probably in this yeah people joke that he's on the beach somewhere just, just phoning in his lines he's sitting right here next to us exactly would you like to say anything exactly he doesn't want to say he's all no sir he's all get my get my face he's figure like, figure right me to say anything exactly <laughs> you have to ask you cannot afford it so we agree on the fact that you know david prouse's presence and his uh him playing Darth Vader was amazing. Yeah, it was just like the how powerful it life was. Changing. Yeah. Life changing, absolutely life changing. Absolutely, have never been the same the same since. Yeah, he can. You know, um, it's interesting in our modern lifetime seeing Chewbacca get swapped out for another actor because, you know, Peter Mayhew. I remember going to cons over the we're years. Oh, <laughs> we Cal- went to the entire thing. Well, you know, going to conventions in in California like WonderCon in Oakland when it used to be in Oakland, or yeah. I used to I went to San Diego, San Diego Con a couple of times. I remember walking through the autograph alley where I'd walk by. You know, I'm also a big black exploitation, old '70s grindhouse film fan, so I'd see like the dude who played Black Belt Jones, you know, or the guy who was on, you know, uh, the people who were on. Uh, 
the original Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yes. And I remember walking by Peter Mayhew and going like, oh my gosh, you know, that's, that's Chewbacca. Yeah. And it was just amazing to me because it's like people don't understand that's as valuable as a Carrie Fisher or a Mark Hamill yeah. or a Harrison Ford. This, like this is – It's family. Exactly. It's completely family. It's family. So, so. David Prowse has a wide – had a wide acting career as an actor. He I mean, did. you talked about a movie we were talking about earlier. Exactly. So tell me about it. It's called Vampire Circus. Okay. And it's one of these things. It's from 1972. And it's one of these things that you find that they start playing later on, on, you know, what we had as Channel 26 growing up and on Tatooine. And it's, <laughs> on the afternoons, they would play these movies. And that was one of them. You want to watch. And I wanted to watch it because of David Prowse. And it was, you know, not the best, but it was still one of these, you know, campy. You know, early seventies horror movies, and uh, so there was, and I just watched it a thousand times. It was crazy. He didn't really have a lot of lines, but you were right about his voice. It was very, almost like not meek, but yeah, yeah. So historically, <laughs> not Darth Vader, not Darth Vader. Historically, as an actor, um, you know, in seventy one, he was in another movie that's another one of my favorite movies, which is very problematic when you think about it in the modern age. Clockwork Orange. Yeah. So in Clockwork Orange. <laughs> definitely culturally scary. Um, he played Julian. So Julian was the caretaker of the man who got beat up by Alex and the Droogs in the, in the last, in the third part of the film, he ends up being the caretaker of the old man who's Alex and the Droogs beat up him and his wife. And he's that big, super buff dude. You know, his name is Julian in the film. Julian. And he was also in the tomorrow people in 1973. And he also played, uh, Frankenstein's monster in three of the Hammer horror films. <laughs> yes, that is heavy and big. I could really see him being made into like a Super Seven fig from that. Oh, oh my gosh! Yes, so he was. He was also um, at a young age. He was the British heavyweight weightlifting champion for three straight years from sixty two to sixty four. He was a big man. Yeah, he had the big arms. He was huge he was i would say what is that what was that uh what is that the greeks the greeks uh word for uh adonis powerful yeah yeah so also uh another thing a personal story i want to relate he also um was not in uk audiences for his portrayal of the green cross man the green cross man was a superhero who promoted road safety in a campaign that ran from 1971 to 1990 in england huh. so i have a friend in la uh, my other life i'm a dj and he's a my friend um Sam is a, we call him Sam Triple XL. He's a big man. He's huge. He's a tall dude who came from England, went to school in Santa Barbara, and he's been a drum and bass uh, dubstep DJ for a long time, as long as I have been. And he uh, posted a, an interesting story on his uh, Facebook just uh, today, this evening. He was like, I remember specifically when David Prowse came to my school in middle school. He, uh, he came to his school when he was a kid, and uh, the funny thing about it, if you know Sam Triple XL, he's a big dude. He's like almost seven feet tall. He's Damn. a huge man, and he's like uh, Rip, the legend David Prowse, who came to my junior high school way back when he was the Green Cross man and lifted me up above his head with one hand. Damn! And it's funny because if you know Sam, he's he's a he's as big he's as David Prowse, sitting he's on his hand like his hand giant, legs it's, holding over his. Ex exactly. And, and so, I don't know. It's just interesting because, again, as um, as the Brits have such a fine history of theater and art and really supporting the arts, yeah. 
it's just interesting to see how Darth Vader had so many lives beyond just being on the screen. Like a lot of Star Wars actors are like, no, we've done way more than Star Wars. Completely. Yeah. Whereas Darth Vader is just Darth Vader. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe some guest spots here and there. Yeah. But still, I mean, at the same time, I mean, it's just uh, what goes into the acting in these in these actors when they, you know, like Kenny Baker, R2-D2. I mean, he spent so much time in that suit, you yeah. know? I mean, he, he made it believable. It's yeah. such a weird thing to think of because I think for the most part, R2 was uh, uh, very CGI in the prequels and yeah. a lot of that. and Yeah, where he could fly and stuff. Fly and, yeah. and <laughs> How many problems could be solved if you flew in the fucking original movies, right? <laughs> you know, but we used to actually <laughs> pretend like the old figure could fly back in the day. Of course. So he always we, we saw the future. So or did you ever flip him around and make him a cannon? I made him a cannon totally, a lot. Completely. That's how there, I have mine has a marble stuck in his cooch. R two R two cooch cooch. We'll be right back. You know, when I told my children that I wasn't going to be talking to Douglas Fairbanks tonight, that instead I was going to be talking to you, they were absolutely thrilled. They said, Darth Vader? Uh, actually, one of them said Darth Vader, and the other one said, the Green Cross Man? Marvelous. Which do you prefer to be known as? Uh, I like both, actually. Mm. And it's, it's, it's very interesting, because uh, when I became Darth Vader, uh, or at least when the Star Wars film came out, I almost got the sack uh, from the government, because they thought that my image as... And Darth Vader would have a detrimental effect on my image as the Green Cross Codeman. But in fact, the reverse has been the case. Well, I must say, you do look slightly different in both roles, to say the least. How did you get this amazing part in in Star Wars? Well, I'd had a a long history of playing monsters. Um, Oh, I see. I I was playing uh, Frankensteins, and I started at Casino Royale, then I went to the horror of Frankenstein, then I went to uh, Vampire Circus, then I finished up with doing a film called Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell. And I think George Lucas had seen these uh, pictures yeah. and wanted somebody very big and physical for, for, you know, for the part in Star Wars. And when he saw me, I, I went up to the 20th Century Fox offices in London. Right. And uh, he said, well, I've got two parts which I'd like you to consider. And I said, well, what are they? And he said, well, the first one's a, a character called Chewbacca. And I said, well, what's Chewbacca? And he said, well, it's like a, a hairy-type gorilla that goes <laughs> through the film on the side of the goodies. Yeah. I thought, well, I don't fancy that very much, George. And I said, what's the other one? And he said, well, the other one's a character called Darth Vader, who's the big villain of the film. And I said, well, look, don't say any more, George. I'll take the villain's part. And that's so how it all came about. Ah, that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Were you in acting long before that? Uh, I actually came into the business in 1965. Dun, 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 dun. Boom. Lord Vader, I should have known. Only you could be so bold. The Imperial Senate will not sit still for this. When they hear you've attacked a diplomatic mission... Don't play games with me, your highness. You weren't on any military mission this time. You passed directly through a restricted system. Several transmissions were beamed to the ship by the rebel spies. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. I don't know what you're talking about or if you're even who I thought you were going to be when I got onto the ship. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on the diplomatic mission to Alderaan. You're part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. I'm like, where did I pop into Boss Hog? But seriously, we're back, obviously. Um, who could forget that horrifying like interrogation scene where, you know... 
Or disrespectful interrogations. <laughs> or that, you know, just he's and he's like interrogating his daughter. And it's really funny because as far as like Star Wars being the first like true son of my universe as a kid in movies, right? Yeah. Like I was seven years old when I saw Star Wars as well. I saw it in the theater and it was like, give me more Star Wars. Let me mainline Star Wars. I want yeah. more Star Wars in my life. <laughs> yeah. And then you saw a movie like The Blues Brothers. So like, wait a minute. Is that Princess Leia with a flamethrower? Totally. <laughs> Trying to kill John Belushi? Uh-huh. And she's beautiful. Oh. Under the rainbow. Total. Oh, total babe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, just beautiful. Under, under the rainbow. Be. And it's funny. Actually, be- more beautiful. I never thought this. I mean, Leia is just like, she's iconic to me. Beautiful is like a word that she's not good enough for her. You know, she's, Leia is just everything. Yeah. And it, it is interesting Carrie because. Carrie Fisher, is, you're okay. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You know. I mean, Princess Leia is Princess Leia. I, I mean, when I was a kid and I spent time. I spent times in preschools and first grades and second grades of America. I did my time. Yeah, I did my time in sandboxes across America. And I remember I'd, I'd be playing. And other things. And I'd, <laughs> I'd be playing. And I remember, like, some of my first interactions playing with, with uh, females, uh, female human identifiers in, in a preschool or a first grade or a second grade. We'd play, we'd play Greece or we'd play Star Wars. And there'd always be a Princess Leia and there'd always be, like, a, you know, a Sandy or whatever. And it was funny because I was a. I always wanted to be Han Solo, you know. Luke yeah. was just a little bit too, like, uh, you know, white for me. I, I was know. always Leia and 3PO. And Vader, too. <laughs> a lot. Vader a lot. Vader a lot. Vader um, a lot. But they made me be Princess Leia and 3PO for obvious reasons. Yeah. See my wonderful acting abilities. So you're also uh, Joan Rivers in Spaceballs. I can be her. <laughs> but it's just uh, for the it's right such price, a big... I can be anything. So it's such a big... So what was your first Darth Vader action figure? Um, the Kenner, it, either the twelve inch or I probably got the twelve inch before the the small one actually. Right, I don't remember. Oh, well, I remember getting. I got. I remember getting the Darth uh, Vader was. It was hard to get the Kenner three and three fourths figure was the first figure I got, and I remember holding it in my hand. Oh, it and so it had weird. that velvet, that, that vinyl, that vinyl cape. With a slide out. Oh, my God. It was just so good. such a crazy feel. I remember, I remember where I got it. I'll tell you that. So Cool. Tell me that. Where'd you get it? <laughs> I got it at a place called Arthur's Toys. That's my toy shed out for this little mini episode. It's not there anymore, but it was a place in Fresno called yeah. Arthur's Toys. Yeah. And um, that's where I got my first. I got pretty much all the Star Wars figures from there. God, it was. The, that's the reason I smell figures when I open them. I agree with you. Because that and that because it because it smells like that. Um, Absolutely, and I remember my first. So I got that. Speaking of toys, my dog is destroying her toy. She just, you just can't like give anything to her. Well, you know, she's she's trained to be the a dog of hell. True, <laughs> adorable. So um, I remember specifically getting the three and three quarter Kenner figure, amazing figure. Yeah. I was so bummed out when I ripped the cape, and uh, then I remember getting the twelve inch yeah. figure, and getting the twelve inch uh, Leah and the twelve inch uh, Luke. Yeah, and my mom had this thing where she's like, "Well, the Ken looks like a man, so it's a man doll." So she had no problem just getting me whatever that she thought was, you know, I would enjoy. Can I tell you a little secret about these things? I used to kiss the Han Solo one. Really? Yeah, it was so handsome. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) I just wanted to get that out there. You know, therapy. I'm telling you, you know, he had that white. It's funny because he had a. He looked different than the actual figure. He had that nice puffy white shirt. Oh yeah, it was so great. But his his award, his thing. Yeah, no, he's the only came with an award. Why didn't Luke come with an award? Why didn't? Anyways, I'm not gonna get into the Chewy award thing. But still, I mean, I remember having my 12 inch Darth Vader figure, and when I would sit it down, it would spread the legs as the way. That, 
<laughs> the, gear, the the design worked, you know. Yeah. But it had that that cape, and it had the, the lightsaber with a handle. Remember, it didn't have that. He didn't hold the lightsaber. It yeah. had a weird handle that would. It was and it was like a lollipop. It yeah. was like the, one of those. Like it looked like one of those crazy multicolored lollipops that like that you could like suck into like a shank. Yeah, it was. It was green and white and red and with the wax with the wax at the, <laughs> with the wax at the front. Oh my gosh! Look these all up. They're mm. on the internet. We're not crazy. I, I swear. I, to God. And you have to like unwrap the plastic. And you're gonna get the yeah. Mm. Yeah. Back when I didn't care what I had in my hands, child. But yeah, so so Darth Vader going and then going into Empire, you know. Darth, like you said, Darth Vader breaking through the wall at Hoth. Yeah, he was really good at busting through stuff in his uh, in his meditation chamber. Oh, me- okay, so we talked about this in the last episode, the Darth Vader meditation chamber on the Star Destroyer playset. Yeah, and that was a scary thing when you got to see him. You could see his, you thought it was his brain. Yeah, you're like, what happened to him? Yeah, we yeah. didn't know. God, and it's funny. I love it so much. It was so cool because it was like. You know, he had his helmet put on, his meditation chamber. And the crazy thing about it is, like, we don't understand until even now. Like, George Lucas just talked about, was quoted recently in the press, talking about, oh, here's my original plans for the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Which, I don't know, I kind of call bullshit on that. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, Darth Maul was a da 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 But I still cannot... Motherfuck the midichlorians. Yeah. Kind of kind of not stop admiring how, you know... Darth Vader's always been a mystery. Yeah. And then when he finally got his mask pulled on in Return of the Jedi, and Luke tried to save him, yeah, it was so weird. I remember going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh, my God, he's he like a dead off. California raisin. And so why didn't they like, put David Prost in that? Sweet why wasn't that David Prost? I don't know. Why? But just imagine like that guy getting scrubbed out after all those years, getting scrubbed out at the end to the- replace with, what's his face? <laughs> You know, you know why not? Nothing's sacred in that world anymore. Once you can keep on, once you can make an action figure of it, you've already have, and you have to keep that line going to make that money. I guess it's just a weird. thing. No, that's like, the wrong way to think about but it. Here's but here's the you logic: Why couldn't they make David Prose the actual body of Anakin? I don't know. Like, there's no reason for it. I don't get it. Like, I really wasn't in those meetings back in the day. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, anyways. I the point being is that like we've lost There's an icon. There's probably an answer for it somewhere, but I it'll just come know. up later. It's yeah. going to come in the woodwork. The secret files of David Prose. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> anyways, so today we just uh, I hit a bread this morning. I'm like, yo, we got to talk about this. Yeah. So we wanted to do a little share about. We call this the accessory pack additional episode. This is not an official episode. We just had our last uh, episode zero four. You know, every once in a great while, we'll just pop in with different little things. And, different different, different ideas. You know, and, and different sharing tributes what and ifs. shout outs and stuff. It's yeah. just, the world is, like we predicted about a couple episodes back, the world is getting better. It's getting better. And we just have to keep on with it. So we thank you so much for tuning into these things. And we are just more than grateful to be able to do this. So absolutely, we'd like to thank you for taking your time to listen to us today. And please tune in to us on the regular podcast every two weeks. It might increase. And overall, may the force be with you. Peace through plastic. <laughs>